like probably everyone in this country at the moment, we're in the middle of the big freeze. Will the fixture list survive the weekend? Um, I have to say, for our listeners in other countries, this means essentially two centimetres of snow, which uh, is enough to grind our fine old country to a complete halt. There's, there's probably people listening to this in the Pacific Northwest or, you know, the Northeast states of the United States of America thinking that that's completely ridiculous or even some Scandinavian listeners chortling at our pathetic inability to deal with minor changes in weather patterns anyway Ed the Arsenal game I didn't think it was the most magnificent performance I've ever seen but what a valuable result well I, look United were clearly the better side if, if Rooney hadn't blasted that penalty over I saw no reason why United couldn't have gone and scored more goals and had a comprehensive victory Arsenal were never in the game they uh, I think actually Fergie has psyched Wenger out with the, the nature of our victories over them in the last few years and Wenger actually tried to deploy a much more physical game than he w- ever would have done in the past and I think it, it was a real surprise actually. United were always going to win that kind of game uh, and basically after, after we scored I just didn't see a way that Arsenal would get back into the game. I mean, I, I think you're you're right, although they certainly had some chances, a very crucial last-minute block from Vidic. I thought our back four, well, back five, including uh, Van der Sar, that is clearly our first choice back four, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it, absolutely, and I think Raphael's come to, into his own now, and he really should. There shouldn't be any question marks. He, he's the first choice right back. If, if he's not available through injury or, or whatever, or suspension, which is a fairly frequent occurrence, of course, then then we moved someone else. For whatever reason, that hasn't always been the case, and uh, it does scare me a little that we could see John O'Shea trotting out tomorrow against Chelsea. I mean, it seems remarkably unlikely that John O'Shea will play after after Raphael was so good against Arsenal. It, 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 because, well, what do you think? Do you think he's going to do it? Do you think he'll he'll play John O'Shea? I I, I don't know. I, I you know if if I if I was making a call on the first choice team, it'd be very very similar to the one that played against Arsenal. I I would think. No, there's no logical reason why, but it does happen, doesn't it? It does. But we'll see. But I think I think you're right. I think having that back for back and stable and not injured and running the games and and all of that is is going to make the world difference and as soon as one of Ferdinand and Vidic in particular are out then then we are going to have some trouble uh, unless Johnny Evans suddenly discovers that he he is a Manchester United player again but but aside from that a very combative midfield I mean you saw that three come out Fletcher, Carrick and Anderson you knew exactly what United's game plan was I thought they all had a pretty good game obviously Carrick the deepest lot Anderson was given more freedom than perhaps he has been given over many many of his a 100 and what five games is it now for for United uh, he had a good game full of energy and running and, and that's what he's about I, I I still don't buy this argument that he's suddenly going to turn into you know, the next Pele or Maradona and, and become this flair Brazilian playmaker type thing I, I'm looking at the evidence before my eyes and he's a good box-to-box midfielder and you know we should be thankful for that and and generally speaking the, the team just functioned just about you know not a wonderful performance but good enough and uh, they played their opponents well did what they needed to and, and and vital three points yeah absolutely i'd like to talk about g sung park rank casts probably second most criticized player of the season after john o'shea who will win that uh, title as long as he's playing for manchester united and we're recording podcasts he's the bet noir of rank 
podcast. He is. But Ji Sung Park with an absolutely magnificent goal that once again looked like it was a whisker away from a complete disaster. His brilliant finishes, I've said this before, they always look like he's just about to do something absolutely terrible. But what a fantastic improvised header it was. It, it was. And, and uh, you know, I'd have been tempted to say it was, it was fortune, but it, it was a, a great improvised header. And, and I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, the ball lashed into the top corner by Ji Sung Park. And I think he was probably trying to roll it into the bottom corner the other way. <laughs> You know, and and he had an awful game. Uh, he gave away the ball constantly, and that's what he does, of course. Um, he's so poor in possession, and and, and just weak on the ball. And he, he's you know he's always caught napping. He just seems like half a step behind the rest of the team, and then he scores the winner. And it it, it he does it constantly, right? That's his United career all over, isn't it? I mean, you know, we we we're top of the league because of Ji Sung Park's finishing. Uh, you know, that two one against Wolves and that that goal against Arsenal. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be top of the league. So so we are, you know, Ji Sung Park is. An absolutely crucial part of our uh, potentially title-winning lineup. Uh, Rooney's penalty. I mean, you know, obviously I wanted him to score, so it was two 0 and we didn't have to worry for the next twenty minutes or whatever it was. But but I, there was part of me that was slightly amused by just how bad a penalty it was. Well, for a start, someone needs to tell him to stop this ridiculous run-up thing. Uh, I um I, I don't I, I know he scored the penalty against West Ham uh, doing that earlier in the season uh, and another one right a couple he's had and he's done that both times. It's just weird. So he's opening his body out at the last moment. For me, he's going to always be off balance taking it. Like, I'm not, you know, I was never a very good footballer, but I, I think that's just plain obvious, isn't it? He's either going to be pushing it to the right, so the risk of it going to the goalkeeper's left-hand post, or he's going to be falling off balance and it's going to go high. And, and that's exactly what happened. It just doesn't make any sense. He's not gaining any advantage by doing that. I don't think he's going to fall the goalkeeper anymore. There's some there's some good analysis of penalties in uh, Soconomics, or I think it's called Why England Lose uh, over here in the UK. And, and uh, it basically, at 92% of penalties will be scored if you put them into either corner. Just do it simply. The no tricks yeah. are required. You're going to score 9 out of 10 penalties if you just stick it in the corner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's a really interesting point, that. And the, 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 I once heard an interview with, I think, the person that wrote that. And um, they were saying that the notion that you can't practice penalties is, is the most ridiculous notion in football because it's all about muscle memory. It's all about neural networks and kind of just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again so that when you're in a pressure situation you have access to the faculties which enable you to do that absolutely right absolutely and it's the same with any other skill in football they practice and practice why do you think why are they training right they're training <laughs> because they are practicing they're practicing skills they're practicing set pieces they're practicing scoring free kicks why shouldn't they practice penalties every other sports person practices practices practice and the more the technical you know requirements the more you need that skill they say it takes 10,000 hours to become an elite player and the rest is just kind of god-given talent or whatever so the more you more you practice the better you'll be I, I kevin keegan famously said didn't he that he um he, he just didn't feel he was a very talented footballer naturally but he worked and worked and worked and worked and he was european footballer of the year and uh, i think this is right yeah just keep going practice 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 and when you should cut out the nonsense and i hope he's hit 150 penalties this week so if he gets one against chelsea he will uh, he'll just stick it away i mean uh, yeah it's a it's it's a sort of like to use a cricketing 
analogy, it's a bit like Mitchell Johnson's bowling or Merle Rattan. You know, it's so unorthodox and it's that's only acceptable if it's working kind of thing. Otherwise, just do it by the book. Um, I thought that Nanny was okay, bit hot and cold, not brilliant, but but certainly not terrible and definitely uh, penetrative on the counterattack, as you would expect. I thought the selection was pretty much spot on. I, I think he basically picked the side that I would have chosen, assuming that he didn't think Giggs was going to be able to play that part, the role that Park played for 90 minutes, which I, I, I'm... Th- has, has Giggs signed a contract extension for next season? No, no, he hasn't. Neither neither Giggs nor Scholes nor Neville nor Van der Zaar have signed contract extensions. And there's still a very real possibility that all four of them go. I'd, it's the, probably the smart money says that they will offer Scholes and Giggs another year and uh, Neville and Van der Zaar will retire this summer. That would be my guess, anyway. I, I don't think that Van der Sar is going to retire in the summer because he still looks so good. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he doesn't want to have a season where he plays most of the season and but then spend some time on the bench or whatever but it seems to me that he could definitely do another season depending on what's going on in his home life and how how his wife's health is and everything yeah I, I mean I agree with you I think he, he's still there he's still got it but it, it depends on whether he wants to risk not having it but Ferguson um, has played gigs so little since he's come back from injury. I mean, perhaps it's just that it's taking him a long time to re- recover fitness because of his age and, and because of the miles on the clock kind of thing. But the, the longer this goes on, the more I'm, I'm wondering whether he's going to have another season, um, which is obviously oh, that's, that's a very sad thing to even be talking about. Yeah, well, we'll see, won't we? Uh, I, as I said, I, th- I think the smart money's still on there giving gigs another season season but uh, I, I guess it depends on how much he brings in in the summer I and mean, we were at 24 players in the squad this year if Ferguson really does have 100 million pounds to spend and goes out and buys some world-class midfielders then uh, maybe it makes no sense to keep gigs in the 25 at uh, time time will tell we still of course have about six months left uh, in the season talking of contract negotiations Anderson has a new contract he, he does a new four and a half year it's a it's contract extension to 2015 worth around about 80,000 thousand pounds a week is that less than john o'shea is anderson paid less a week than john o'shea well john o'shea's deal is not signed yet. Uh, okay. yeah yeah we'll, we'll what, see is he, is he holding out for more money yeah yeah maybe yeah i don't know i wonder you know who knows what's going on with the agents and and all that so um there there is a rash of players that will be out of contract in 2012 anderson is one o'shea evra and uh, dimitar berbatov are, are all out of contract in 18 months time so i'd expect between now and the end of the season that they will all sign new contracts or we'll find them moving on yeah absolutely what what do you make of um there's been a lot of talk uh, of anderson's remarkably improved performance in recent weeks uh someone on twitter comparing it saying is it time to do a nanny and declare all new anderson um i i'm not i remain unconvinced but optimistic that that remains my position on anderson but someone at the club is obviously totally and utterly convinced because that's a huge contract it is it is a huge contract and i mean and part part of it could just be asset protection of course yeah. uh, you know running into the last year of his contract and then he potentially uh, you know erodes in value somewhat so, so, so there is that there, there is a recognition he's played you know a little bit better over the last month but really it's such a short period to say this is an all new anderson he had a very good game on monday night but as i said it's all it was all about energy but you know that's fine that's what that's what he that's what he gives us uh, i'd like to see him do it over over many weeks and i'd also like to see him change some games which is what of course nanny did he, he 
he runs that you know good period of form. Uh, he had that stunning game against Arsenal, and he's he's kind of gone on from there. And we've had you know a lot more consistency ever since. And that's what we need from Manson. There's no good playing well against Arsenal, only to disappear against Chelsea or to eat a few more burgers and decide that he really can't be asked anymore for the next few months. Now he's signed his new contract. Yeah, well, let's. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to assume that that's going to be what happens because he has shown a decent level of professionalism in the last couple of well in the last sort of couple of months I guess and and I think there is cause for optimism that, that he's going to be at least in physically decent shape for some time to come yes and uh, and and the rest we'll see I mean Ferguson talked about his lack of goals and I think um, there's nothing in this boy that tells me that he's going to suddenly start scoring goals he'd have to start breaking ahead of the ball uh, he'd, he'd have to actually produce some finishing skill which he's shown no ability in whatsoever uh, and this is not unique to him playing at United he didn't score many goals at Porto he's of of the, the I think he's got about 15 in his career or something like that in 170 something games most of those were in Brazilian second division so let's um let's be realistic this this is a player who just doesn't score goals he doesn't create any goals either mind you and uh, we've got a lot of games which to base that um that analysis on too so uh, but he does get around the pitch and if he could only be a little less wasteful with the ball then we'd have a very good central midfield I do think he's showing signs of improvement and I do think he forms a kind of crucial piece of the puzzle when it comes to our counter-attacking football because he does help to move the ball quickly in those counter-attacking situations Uh, and also he runs with the ball moving defenders and defensive midfielders out of position and creating space for the players in front of them which is really important the Champions League draw I wonder if uh, Anderson will play a crucial role in our games against Olympique Marseille one of the grand old French clubs and a team that we're much better than right? Well you'd think so I mean of course they beat Chelsea recently uh, and they had some very odd results uh, MK Zelina uh, lost 7-0 at home to Marseille they're French champions that they're not currently top of Ligue 1 ah c'est masculin you know so they're a decent side uh, managed by Didier Deschamps these days of course and you would say of all the all the potential teams United could play uh, them and FC Copenhagen would be the ones you'd pick out um, not not only just because they're, they're, they're probably the two weakest sides we we could have faced but also it's a little bit different isn't it we've played Roma and Milan a, a lot over the last few seasons and so um, it would be a nice trip for, for those going uh, I've I've been to Marseille before it's it's a it's a very interesting city and uh, if anyone fancies recreating that car chase out of the French connection yeah, <laughs> let, let's do it I, I, I'm sure it would be a very good game uh, they've, they've got a, a couple of good players Argentinian min, midfielder who's sort of on the verge of the Argentinian side and uh, they, they play some attractive football anyone who's seen them in the Champions League this season they're going to be no mugs at home and uh, it'll be a very passionate crowd yeah the velodrome is a unique stadium there's no there's no roof on it although they are putting a roof on it for 2016 European Football Championships that might uh, might change things there and I guess you'd say they're well historically one of the two big French clubs you know the the classic as they as they call it PSG versus Marseille is you know that kind of grudge match they have in French football because Lyon have kind of impinged on that over the last decade with their with their growth um but but it's, it's going to be a tough game i expect united to win we're away first which i you know i guess is an advantage in so far as we know what we have to do at home and uh, then we'll take it from there must much tougher fixtures lie ahead yeah absolutely and it's not at all funny at all that arsenal got barcelona that is not at all funny i don't know why anyone would say that was funny what's funny about that as one person put it it's barcelona versus little barcelona <laughs> yeah yeah very 
very, very, very little Barcelona. It, it was one of the highlights. I mean, you know, I'm not really one of those fans that partakes in schadenfreude all the time, but it was quite amusing when Arsenal got absolutely thumped last season. Not insofar as I hate Arsenal particularly. And, you know, I did. They've, they've been challenges in the past sort of thing. More to be pitied than hated. It's their fans I just don't like very much. The smug, the smugness of it all, I think, without without any actual real justification for it. And, and that and that match against Barcelona last season kind of you know, rammed that down their throat uh, with, with some amount of satisfaction. And and I suspect it'll happen again this season. I, I just, you know, they, they, they play a very similar style of football and they line up in a very similar tactical formation. But just all over the pitch, Barcelona are better. Yeah, they're we do have a serious problem though which is that can't accuse other teams fans of smugness while we got 70,000 people singing we're Man United we do what we want no it's not smugness no no it's not smugness it's arrogance it's different right okay it's a a different obnoxious egotistical behaviour yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) very very important very semantics you might say but very important difference no no I mean uh, semantics are really crucial for example you know the commas make all the difference think about the sentence let's eat grandma if the comma's not there it has a entirely different connotations talking of grandparents we're going to be playing the old men of chelsea at the weekend yeah i wonder whether the pensioners will be out uh, and did yeah Dr. drogba of course they, yeah they you're, you're right but i mean both both sides actually have you know a, a, aging squads in a in a sense i mean i guess we will be without gigs and neville and skulls anyway and, and van der Zell will be our one old man so to speak yeah but yeah lampard will be back he's yeah, well into his 30s uh, as is Drogba Terry's approaching 30 now or is he 30 he's around about that mark they've... I believe they described him on Football Weekly this week as a very old 29 <laughs> yeah that's about he's uh, weathered he, he was never quick to start with so I suppose that won't deteriorate in his game yeah. they and they've they've been in really poor form what, what is it six points in the last seven games something like that and, and one victory and that was over Zelina who are uh, quite obviously the weakest side in the, in the Champions League so then certainly not in any kind of decent form you'd say this is United's best chance of a victory at Stamford Bridge since our last one which was 2002 it's remarkable that it's eight years since we've won at Stamford Bridge yeah a real kind of bogey ground and uh, because essentially that Chelsea have been a really really good side over the last few years their their poor form aside it's still going to be a tough game I think at the weekend and many observers said that their uh, their game against Tottenham perhaps was a sign that they'd somewhat turned a corner uh, and, and maybe more of a threat again obviously Lampard being back is of vital importance to Chelsea and if Drogba hits a vein of form it's certainly going to be a tough game but the result against Arsenal and Chelsea's recent poor form means that a draw would be a spectacular result for us. Draw would be a good result I mean you'd love you'd love United to go there and win I mean Chelsea come to Old Trafford and winning in such controversial fashion at the end of last season well you know yeah they were way better than us in that game they they, they were but yeah they had the the rub of the green in terms of the the key decisions in the match but but that obviously that was the crucial fixture last season so I know this isn't late in the season or anything like that but it's still it, it could make all the difference come the you know the, when the titles are dished out in May and I, I agree uh, a draw would be an excellent result a, a win would be a stunning result and would uh, lay down some kind of marker I mean, most important really for United is is just to get a consistent run of form going really and yeah. uh, and and gotta gotta admit that our away form is actually pretty rubbish this season and one win and that's at stake except that we haven't lost all season and you know it's getting to the point now we, we are top of the league based on this away form we, we're top of the league with a game in hand I mean if we stay unbeaten away the rest of the season I, 
guess we're probably going to win the league. So even though our away form has, has certainly not been impressive, the fact that we've sort of salvaged a few points here and there where perhaps we weren't going to get any has somewhat made up for the fact that we've thrown away a lot of points we should have got. Yep, this this is true too. Um, in terms of team news, I think uh, Skulls is definitely out. He's got this continuing groin problem which just doesn't seem to have solved itself. Uh, Owen and Owen Hargreaves are, uh, are out, of course, as they always are. So I don't know why we, we should... I'll, I'll mention it next time they're back, shall I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forgot about both of them. Tony Valencia is still out. He'll be out yeah, until the spring clearly but Chelsea got a pretty full squad I think only Alex is out and he's played you know, quite a bit this season hasn't he yeah. but, but Terry will be back and I guess will partner Ivanovic in the centre of defence I mean they've they've chopped and changed quite a bit and it's probably why they've shipped quite a few goals this season but that that will probably be the choice of Ferreira and Cole at fullbacks but you know you you look at that and you think that that's a that's an attack we can get at if we if we get enough of the ball on Sunday and it just depends you know quite how bold United are and I'm sure we'll we'll play with one up front again I, I'd be surprised if, if Ferguson picks the same side against Arsenal but objectively speaking you'd look at it and go that's probably the right side again he hasn't picked the side two consecutive weeks uh, for 152 games now I was just going to ask that exact question he, he never ever ever picks the same side two two games in a row but what would he want to change I mean unless he's going to play Skulls somehow I don't, it seems unlikely yeah it seems like Skulls isn't fit I mean uh, you uh, trust Manchester United's fitness bulletins with a very very large pinch of salt yeah sackful yeah. don't you I think if Skulls was fit he would play and uh, I guess Carrick would be sacrificed a- as it is I think they'll line up with Anderson Carrick and, and Fletcher in the centre of the park and, and, and Nani and Jisung Park on the, on the flanks Jay did a piece this this week about this as whether they might uh, might alternate and of course you know one of Chelsea's biggest threats is is Ashley Cole they, they don't play with no genuine wits Chelsea but uh, Ashley Cole does provide a lot and, and whether Park and Nani might swap wings as a result maybe but clearly Nani is uh, is much more comfortable on the right wing than the left and, and almost all of his better performances come there yeah absolutely um, I think that, that's very clear but it, it will be interesting to see that after Sir Alex's it will be the day when Sir Alex celebrates becoming the longest serving manager in Manchester United history uh, a, a really really remarkable achievement in the modern era of football and and if he's not the greatest manager of all time, then he's at least in the top two. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd been. We talked a lot about his career when uh, he hit the 24-year mark, but but this is another milestone, and I guess there's one around the corner when it becomes a quarter of a century. No signs of retiring whatsoever. Still, in equal measures, just the the, the best manager in the world, and incredibly frustrating. You know, he's he's Sir Alex Ferguson, and he I guess in the annals of Manchester United, he will always be. Held in the same sort of regard as, as Sir Matt Busby is. Not to repeat uh, our chat of uh, not very long ago about this, but uh, of course he will. I mean, the comparisons uh, are interesting, I think, because, uh, I mean, Ferguson took over at a, at a slump for United. United actually had a lot of financial problems in the, in the uh, early to mid-80s. They, they sold players like Mark Hughes uh, simply to balance the books, and he was given a lot of time, and he built a side, and they've become the behemoth that, that uh, United is today as a result. And Matt Busby was very different 
definitely cost him, you know, literally no ground had been blown up in the Second World War, no team. Um, he took over in, what, 48 or something. So, uh, you know, built the side up to the Busby Babes and, and had to build three great sides, you know, the, the one that the one that he won the FA Cup with um, over Blackpool, I guess, early 50s. Uh, he, I'm normally a good encyclopedia, maybe 52, something like that. And and uh, obviously the Babes and, and then the uh, European Cup winning side. And, and in many ways, Ferguson's done something similar, hasn't he? He's uh, he's, he's had three or four really good yeah. sides and, and uh, of course, won the European Cup twice uh, and another final. And uh, that surpasses Matt Busby's record. He's won more league titles than Matt Busby. So, you know, in terms of records, he has more. He hasn't had to do it in quite the same way. And whereas Matt Busby was integral to the history of the club, Ferguson, I feel, and many other fans do, some don't, has um, has placed the history at risk by backing the current regime with such vociferous support. And, and it wasn't his choice that it happened, but he did enable it to happen. And uh, and he's backed it. And and for me, that will, that will always be something underlying Ferguson's tenure, uh, long after he's gone, despite all the success. Yeah, but I, I am inclined to think that the success will be what's remembered, um, unless, of course, the club does face a really, really perilous future, which I suppose we all hope that it doesn't. And so I guess that brings us to the end of this week's Rankcast, except we're going to definitely have to go with the prediction. I think I'm going to predict Head says a scoring draw, Hart says 1-0 victory to United. That would be classic, yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to say at one all. I think United would be very cautious, as as we are on the road in in Europe, and uh, yeah, not exactly a European game, but a very tough game. And I think we'll we'll we will deploy one up front. It will be very very cautious, and uh, I'm going to say a one all draw. The one thing that I, I think about this game um, is that I'm not really worried about it in in the way that you know that Arsenal game felt really 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 intense. But I think that result takes some of the pressure off. And even if we lose this game, which which let's hope we don't we're still in absolute pole position in the league yes absolutely you know going into the the christmas period uh, you know at the top I and mean, we don't say that very often do we uh, we don't and we've not been any good so far this season i got you know a handful of really great performances obviously the blackburn game berbatov's performance against liverpool there's been moments of fantastic performance but definitely inconsistent and definitely frustrating and definitely nerve-wracking all through the season since uh, being a little disingenuous i mean he knows the truth right uh, he it, he's, he knows the differences between his sides but he's been a bit disingenuous saying that the strength of the league is is uh, what's causing the inconsistency I, th- I think it's that the top teams are simply not as good as they used to be yeah absolutely and, and that was that was borne out in last season's Champions League of course and I suspect it will be again this season makes for an exciting and close league even if, if the quality is not want, what it once used to be yeah so have a good week everyone and try not to accidentally be at work and get in trouble with your boss and suddenly start singing I'm Man United I do what I want it might work in the football ground but I think outside of that you might find it's not as effective as you'd like well it depends whether you've got a blue or a red as a manager really doesn't it <laughs>